this is the in focus podcast from the hindu hello and welcome to the in focus podcast i'm g sampath your host for today's episode the parliament cleared the general insurance business nationalization amendment bill 2021 on august 11th this bill seeks to amend the general insurance business nationalization act 1972 and thereby enable the privatization of the public sector insurance companies regulated under the 1972 act now apart from privatization the bill also makes other claims it claims that its objectives are to enhance the penetration of the insurance sector provide social protection by securing the interests of the policy holders better and also contribute to faster economic growth it is not quite clear however how this bill would manage to achieve all of these objectives and it is also not quite clear how giving a greater role for the private sector in public sector insurance companies will affect consumer interest is this bill driven purely by an impulse to generate funds through disinvestment or is it genuinely in the consumer interest to give us a detailed picture of what this bill is all about and what it means for the insurance buying public we have with us mr harsh rungta starting off as a qualified chartered accountant and a tax expert harsh has been a serial entrepreneur his venture funded startups include apnaloan.com and apnapaisa.com and he is now the founder and head of fee only investment advisors llp a sebi registered investment advisory firm harsh thank you so much for joining us it's a real pleasure sampar Harsh, to start with, can you give us a quick overview of the general insurance business nationalization bill, its uh, background, and why it was considered necessary? So, just uh, a quick uh, backgrounder. In 1972, all the general insurance companies uh, were nationalized and you know put under uh, four uh, uh, general insurance companies, which were uh, completely publicly owned. uh new india assurance united india national uh, insurance and oriental insurance and in turn these four were owned by the general insurance corporation which became a uh, holding uh, uh, general insurance holding company uh, in 2002 that was amended and the shareholding was passed on directly to the uh, government the central government of all these four companies and uh, gic the general insurance corporation uh, started focusing on reinsurance alone so uh, since 2002 the four uh, general insurance companies have been owned by the uh, central government uh, since 2000 we've seen the liberalization of the insurance sector which included uh, general insurance as well uh and i think gradually over the last uh, 20 years uh, we've seen the share of the four public sector uh, insurance companies dwindle to about i think the latest is about 38 uh, percent uh, or so in terms of the premiums garnered in the general insurance market uh so i think that is the background uh and clearly the government uh, the finance minister in the budget speech in 2000 uh, in recently in uh, feb of 2021 she had clearly mentioned that uh, she would be privatizing uh, 
uh, one uh, general insurance companies and two banks. And I think this act has been brought about pursuant to that statement in the finance minister's budget speech. Okay. So if she said uh, one insurance company, uh, which of the four general insurance companies uh, do you think are expected to be uh, uh, privatized after this bill becomes uh, law? Is it going to be like little bit in all four or one particular company is going to be targeted? So I, I think that's a question that only uh, Mrs. Nirmala Sitaraman can answer. Uh, but uh, I mean, out of the, uh, there have been various things that have been discussed and speculated that you know, the companies will be amalgamated into two, into three. Uh, one of the companies is doing uh, well, which is New India Assurance. The other three companies are not really uh, doing too well. Uh, New India is doing relatively better among the uh, four companies. It is anybody's guess as to which of these companies and what kind of reorganization will happen. Uh, I think the act is basically an enabling act. Action uh, will uh, definitely follow, but what that action will be it remains to be seen. Okay, you you just said that the act is primarily an enabling act. Could you talk a little bit about the provisions uh, of this bill? Uh, one is, of course, the enabling provisions, and then there are also a couple of interesting provisions which we could, I think, come to those to do with the liability of directors and one to do with uh, the fact of uh, reintroducing capital redemption and annuity certain insurance schemes back under the classification of general insurance and what are the implications of these? So it's a pretty short bill. I think primarily allows uh, the the, uh, Nationalization Act 1972 had a provision that required government to hold 51% uh, uh, always in the uh, PSU companies. That requirement obviously has been removed. Uh, now it's no longer uh, required. Uh, also, certain things can be done once the control of the government, uh, you know, uh, is shifted. Uh, then the things that the government could do, the board of those companies uh, would be in a position to do. Uh, the two intriguing amendments, uh, as you mentioned, actually one, uh, is this uh, change in the definition of general insurance and which has been uh, broadened to include uh, annuity business, uh, annuity certain, as you said, and uh, capital redemption, which is like a life insurance business that people give premiums and in the end uh, get their money back. Uh, that seems to have now been included in the general insurance uh, uh, definition. Uh, it remains to be seen why it has been done. I am unable to, at the moment, unable to sort of uh, comprehend uh, the exact ramifications of this uh, amendment. Uh, the liability of directors, I think, is not a very... Uh, it is. It would be required because in any private company, uh, a non-executive director, the liabilities would have to be what liabilities there would be there in any uh, any other uh, corporate sector company. He cannot be responsible for things that are not brought to the board or that are not decided uh, by the board. Uh, see, like banks, insurance companies are... Uh, 
institutions of financial importance they the model of insurance companies is very clear they take a premium so they are sitting on public's funds they make a promise to pay provided certain things happen that happens over a period of time so you know they are holding public money in trust and therefore uh, the regulatory architecture uh, consumer protection architecture has to be pretty strong and therefore the liabilities of the directors uh, also for non executive directors i think this just specifies that the liabilities uh, are my understanding of it is that they would be liable only for things that are bought to the uh, board and not for other things that are not in their control okay so coming back to this uh, this change in the definition of general insurance to include annuity and capital redemption schemes so does this now mean that uh, general insurance companies can also do life insurance like lic or you know other life insurance companies are they going to be encroaching into their territory as well so i i would hesitate to say that i i mean i i would admit that i'm not able to this is something that we noticed i have noticed only uh today uh, while uh, preparing for this uh, podcast uh, so i am not sure what the exact implication of this is uh but it is not unusual uh elsewhere in the world for companies to do both kinds of business to do life insurance as well as what is typically known as non life insurance so there are models where companies would do both kinds of uh, businesses and maybe this is a start of that but i think more mind needs to be applied onto the exact implications of what this amendment means okay so now uh, we the government has been uh, pretty strong in terms of disinvestment uh, in general so is this privatization drive uh, primarily aimed at raising money from disinvestment or are there as the act claims in its objectives other considerations to do with consumer interest also involved so primarily i think it is very very clear that it is to uh, maybe raise money one and to not have to uh, uh, contribute capital because at the end of the day this is a uh, capital oriented uh, business uh so very clearly the uh three of the four psus have been running losses uh and uh, therefore they would require additional uh contribution uh so it is uh, i suspect the primary aim of this which is also the stated aim so it is not a secret uh is to basically privatize uh, the companies the all the other aims you know those are like the, those feel good statements that are normally included in any uh, communication about uh, enhancing the penetration of the insurance sector providing social protection by securing the interests of the policy holders better and contributing to the faster pace of economic growth uh, i don't know those are feel good statements i don't know how privatization of a uh, psu uh, company how that would promote it or make it better not sure either ways okay okay harsh now let's come to this uh, the heart of the whole uh, issue uh, from from both to my mind and also i think from the point of view of most of our listeners here i mean 
is the insurance regulatory regime in india today ready and mature enough to take on a deeper level of private sector penetration and whatever risks for consumers that could come with it when is this really going to what, what does this bill mean uh, in terms of uh, the interests of the policy holders so i think very clearly the insurance regulatory regime in india uh, i think among all the regulatory regimes uh, in terms of its focus on the uh, ultimate client's interest i i would say uh, and i'm choosing my words carefully here uh, I, i would say it it would be the last in line among all the regulators uh, we must of course not forget that this sector has been dominated by uh, the public sector uh, for quite some time the life insurance industry continues to be reasonably dominated by the public sector although not so much true in the uh, general insurance side uh, but i think very clearly the insurance uh, regulatory uh, architecture as far as protection of policy holders interests are concerned clearly uh, leaves a lot to be desired that is not to say that there hasn't been progress there has been a lot of progress since uh, let's say the early 2000s uh, but clearly i think the path ahead is much longer than the uh, path behind uh, whichever ways you look at it and there are several articles uh, that i have shared with you whether uh, you know whether it is in terms of summary procedures for claims okay whether it is uh, you know some kind of a yeah, ease of uh, claim processing whether on life or non life uh, I, i think look at the reputation of the non life insurance industry if you go and ask the common public the reputation is that the life non life insurance industry just is there to collect premiums and then deny claims when claim when the occasion for claims come up this is the unfortunate truth which cannot be denied and it is true that this it does not matter whether the company is a public sector insurance company or a private sector insurance company the impression is uh, which obviously is based on people's experiences that impression is very very strong and all pervasive and i think it will take combined action from the regulator as well as the industry to make sure that this impression is changed and that can only change when the facts on the ground change okay and you are saying that uh, this uh, amendment bill uh, doesn't have anything at all to do in terms of changing the facts on the ground absolutely because i think the facts on the ground is that we have no standardized claim processes we have no penal provisions uh, uh, in terms of you know when uh, when insurance companies deny deny claims uh, the level at which claims are being denied uh, i i think i think the real uh, issue is that there is no focus on consumer interest and and that's one reason why the quote unquote the penetration 
of the non-life insurance sector uh, is so poor. People do not have faith that the insurance company will pay when the occasion arises. You can look at as much anecdotal evidence as you want and that will come across to you again and again and again. Right. So, in fact, it's interesting you mentioned this because one of the objectives of the bill uh, stated uh, stated objectives is to increase insurance penetration and you're saying that uh, privatization per se is not really going to help uh, because there is no uh, real faith in the sector from the people among the people that when the time comes having collected premiums they may not really pay and because uh, the regulatory regime is not so strong in terms of enforcing contracts they are even able to get away with it and this is the real reason why penetration has been so slow is that is that a right uh, assessment oh absolutely i think so imagine if something like a covid i, I mean let's take health insurance for example something that affects almost all of us, right? Uh, now, health insurance uh, in a country, in our country, about more than 80% of the health insurance expenditure is met by us out of our own pockets. It is not met by the government. It is among the lowest percentages anywhere else in the world. Uh, and for a country where so much of the ex- health expenditure is met, out of our own pockets, the penetration of health insurance is very, very low. I am not saying it's a small figure, it's a large figure, but we are a super large country. Uh, It could have been far, far higher. And my submission is that the one reason why that is lower is the fact that people have very little faith in the uh, payment of claims when the time arises. You look at court cases in the consumer courts. The largest number of cases in the consumer courts relate to insurance, whether it is health insurance, whether it is marine insurance. So it does not matter. It's not just consumers, even the industrial consumers, whether marine or you know fire, all those insurances also everything leads to dispute i mean it it is so there doesn't seem to be a standardized system of claim uh, settlement that will take care of say at least 80 90% of the claims that arise right well even in today i mean i think there was recently even a, a statement from the supreme court saying that the government has been going slow in terms of uh, filling up vacancies in the consumer courts and consumer uh, tribunals so even when these disputes go to consumer courts it's not uh, surprising that they just stay there and don't get resolved uh, in a quick time which further adds to the entire uncertainty around uh, buying insurance general insurance non-life insurance and and all the attendant risks that come with it uh, yeah so harsh we are winding up as we are running out of time so lastly any final uh, comments on this bill and uh, the dilution of government stake and also there is also on the other hand the privatization of LIC which is in the pipeline through an IPO. So will will the near future see Indian consumers left with very little in terms of public sector options and insurance and is that a scenario 
uh, in other markets something that we could look forward to or to look sort of with some dread so my point is i don't think any tears are going to be shed for the fact that there are no public sector choices or the number of public sector choices in insurance are reduced i think what the uh, ultimate uh, client is interested in is in getting a valid insurance policy whether it comes from a public sector insurer or a private sector insurer it does not matter in the past we haven't seen any difference in terms of treatment of the insured person whether it is a public sector insurer or a private sector insurer i think what is required and insurance is a very key thing when an economy is growing at the pace at which we are going to be growing and i think changes in the regulatory architecture is far more important insurance is a key industry is a key component it's an infrastructural component for the economy and i i hope that the regulatory architecture keeps up uh, to make sure that the insurance industry is able to play the role that it is capable of playing in the growth of our economy right so the government has been moving pretty fast in terms of changing the ownership architecture of the insurance uh, sector with this bill uh, let's hope that uh, it will move equally fast in terms of changing the regulatory architecture as well uh, in order to better serve uh, consumer interest thank you so much harsh for sharing your thoughts on this bill thank you so much it was a pleasure talking to you thank you thank you sir in focus will be back soon with analysis of the biggest news issues in the meantime you can find our podcast on spotify apple podcasts stitcher and other platforms just search for in focus by the hindu we'll see you soon